Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. We've been hearing a lot from the Vatican recently, as some of the things that the Pope has been saying are stirring up a lot of emotions. I've asked Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, to share with us his take on what's been said and how many in the world, especially in religious circles, have been responding. Lincoln, the time is yours. Yeah, well, I think this needs to be commented on because more than at any time in my lifetime, there is open dialogue and some very winsome calls being made, particularly on the part of, the, as you say, this new pope, yes. Pope Francis. It would be far from me to critique his intention or his, his, you know, the emotion of his appeals, but we can talk very clearly to what's at stake, what really is being negotiated and what is being put aside and, and, and what's necessary if there's to be a true coming together of the different factions within Christianity. The best way to start with this is to refer to what's been stirring a lot of our church, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, recently noticed, and then virally mm -hmm. it was shared among the members, yes. that not too long ago, Kenneth Copeland, Pentecostal television personality, broadcast a very interesting uh, meeting where, first of all, there was an address by a uh, priest friend of his yes. <laughs> from uh, uh, Episcopal priest, yes. Tony Palmer, acted as a bridge between uh, the Pentecostals and the, the Catholic Church, and he appeared there and he made some very winsome, well, more than winsome, some shocking statements that those of us in church state uh, issues know are essentially true. He said that the rift between Lutherans and the Roman Catholic Church opened in the 1500s by Luther's protest, which led to the Protestant movement. Mm -hmm. He wasn't the only Protestant leader, but... He was certainly head and shoulders above the others historically. And that that rift, according to Tony Palmer, has been mended. Uh, there was an agreement, I think it was in 1996, where the, the, the World Lutheran Federation got together with Rome and the theologians and they uh, d debated and discussed and finally came to the conclusion that I don't think is really true historically, but uh, according to them, Luther and the church just had a, a difference of opinion, but now, these years later, they are in perfect agreement <laughs> on what is righteousness by faith yes. and, and the, uh, the, the root of our salvation. And so to celebrate that now new agreement, they drew up a document, and the Roman Catholic Church nailed that document to the door of a Roman basilica. <laughs> Uh, so they saw the symbolism there. <laughs> yes, of course. And so Tony Palmer, now speaking to the, the, this Pentecostal group, uh, said the Reformation is over. The agreement has been made. Nothing to argue about now. So it's time to come back to the full unity of Christ that the Bible calls for, that Jesus in his prayer in John 17 uh, prayed fervently for, that we be one in the Spirit, united in the Spirit of God. These are wonderful calls, and, and certainly the Bible does say that. Yes. But there's some syllogistic thinking on some of this. And uh, Tony Palmer then said that in preparation for the return of Christ, which should get Seventh-day Adventist attention, and indeed anybody that reads the Bible and sees there the promise of Jesus' uh, return at the end of all things, uh, humanly speaking, but the beginning of all things divinely speaking, 
Tony Palmer recounted that the Bible says that there will be an Elijah message. Mm -hmm. The Bible gives it as Elijah, but it's not necessarily him as the historical person. But there's an Elijah message, as it says, to prepare the way for the Lord and to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Well, instantly when Tony said that, you're talking about the father, mm-hmm. <laughs> Papa, and <laughs> <Yes. laughs> as the separated children are, are called mm-hmm. to come back to the uh, church family, the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And as he pointed out correctly, the word Catholic just means universal. And in a certain sense, we all are part of a universal brotherhood of those that follow Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But as far as an organization and, and the claims of of particular religious movements. The Roman Catholic Church is very particular, makes very particular claims that Protestants once could not accept, uh, that they found uh, seriously divergent from biblical uh, absolutes, and therefore Protestantism was not just a disagreement, it was a clear parting of the ways between what they saw as truth in the Bible and, and the Roman Catholic vision, which is clearly, as any historian can see, has accumulated many beliefs and ideas along the way, not least of which a good dollop of pre-Christian thinking from the Roman Empire and and in different parts of the world still is, is more inclined to sort of syncretize Christianity and some other faiths. Now, aren't we in the Christian arena overthinking this thing? I mean, isn't this simply the Catholics asking a piece that fell off the Catholic Church, the Lutherans, to come back to the fold? Isn't that all it is? Well, I think if you see it that way, you're more uh, inoculated against the emotional appeals that are coming out and that, that characterize this. Mm-hmm. I edit Liberty Magazine and have for about 14-plus years. And before that, with a short break, with my immediate predecessor, Clifford Goldstein, Roland Hegstead was editor for many, many years, Mm -hmm. 30-some years. And he told me once that he uh, heard a presentation in uh, Washington State where uh, the the then president of a Catholic university based in Spokane was asked directly about, you know, could the Reformation be undone? Would there be any reconciliation between Catholics and Protestants? Mm -hmm. You know, what did he think about the whole thing? And... uh, he said that this president made a very cryptic statement. Rather than discussing it and giving arguments or anything, he just got up and gave a nursery rhyme. He said, little Bo Peep has lost her sheep (laughs) and doesn't know where to find them. Leave them alone. They will come home bringing their tails behind them. (laughs) And I believe that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing Protestant denominations of many stripes who are long removed from the original protest, who are drifting toward a sort of a generic form of faith, who have forgotten their moorings, not very well versed in the, uh, the, the founding of their own churches and what was at play, and now feeling strangely drawn <laughs> back to the uh, comforting arms of a mother church, yes, <laughs> which yes. has not changed greatly. Yes. And this is, you know, this is not a critique. This is Rome's... Uh, reassurance mm-hmm. that, that, that it's unchanged from apostolic times. It has this authority that goes back there and that it, as, as many documents out of Rome have said, that while there are certain practical errors that they admit within the, the practice of, of Catholicism, but that the magisterium, 
the innate authority of the church is holy, as I'm quoting now in one, from one document, holy and incapable of error. That's a fairly high claim. So we're not dealing with radically rechanged organization. It's an organization that wants for any number of reasons to repair the breach and to bring uh, these lambs back into the fold. And, and it has a charitable atmosphere at the moment. We're not in the Middle Ages when people were burned at the stake for opposing the church or what the state that was informed by the, the church said. Now it's it's more charitable. It's it's uh, you know let us reason together. We love you. I hope we hope you love us. Come back. <laughs> and as the Pope said in this broadcast, that was introduced by Tony Palmer, as I said, a bridging figure. Mm-hmm. But after he introduced his uh, concepts, then uh, suddenly full screen in front of the audience was the Pope at ease in his papal apartments, just as a as a person of faith, speaking close cropped into the camera and mm-hmm. and. Initially in a halting English, and then he lapsed into, I think it was Italian. He gave a very heartfelt call for unification, and 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 he used the figure at one stage of the, just like Joseph and his brothers, mm-hmm. separated by even bloodlust at one point. Yeah. But he said, then in the famine, when they needed food, and they had money, but they didn't have food, and they came to Egypt looking for food, and he says they found their brother, mm-hmm. and so did they. Uh, we need to find our brother and then the mother church and so on. And then the prime thing that was the poison pill in his statement of, of a charitable reaching out, I can't critique his pastoral intentions. I mean, that's admirable. But the Pope did say something. He says, let's just unify and come together in, in recognition that we're children of God, you know, the love that we share. And he says, yes, there's doctrinal issues and we may have doctrinal differences he says but let's put those aside Mm. he says we can deal with those up in heaven (laughs) later yes now just join Mm -hmm. well yes nobody's saved by doctrine but many people are lost by wrong doctrine because doctrine is the description Mm -hmm. that makes up our faith Mm -hmm. faith has to be made dynamic in the heart but you know without doctrine you could just as easily worship, uh, you know, a, a tree or a, or the sun, mm-hmm. which ironically is a little remnant even to be seen today in Catholicism. Yes. Yes. They ran that gauntlet of paganism with ancient Rome, and they picked up little uh, doctrinal deficiencies, if you say, like the description, the doctrinal description of what your faith is based on is very important, and yet he dismissed that very uh, quickly. You know, as I hear you talk about this, I I don't want to have a knee-jerk reaction here. I don't want to be those people that, you know, cry wolf when I just see a shadow. Is there a precedent for this? Is there something undermining all of this that scares you, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine? Well, no, I'm not scared because this is a long process. This, this was just one meeting among many. It, it was a very salutary moment for many people who haven't been tracking it. Yes. Because here, encapsulated in this one occasion, was this Episcopal priest saying the Reformation is over, or reaching out by a group that you wouldn't have thought would be attracted to the papacy. Right, right. And, and here was the Pope himself in a most informal way and, and in a very heartfelt way reaching out. Mm-hmm. So there was a captivating moment born along on the logic of, of dialogue and of, of change, mostly change among the Protestants. And yes, and it seems almost inevitable when you see this, that, that there would be, uh, if not union, then a full 
brotherhood coming together of, of once separated elements of Christianity. Mm. And I think, indeed, we're headed that direction, but it's not happened just momentarily. It's It's been underway for decades. Kenneth Copeland, in his jubilant reaction to the Pope's message where he said over and over, dear sir, dear sir, and I give mm. him credit for not calling him Holy Father. Yes. The Bible says you call no man holy except yes. God. Yes. But in his jubilant acceptance, he did say, dear sir, he says, you know, we love you. We pray for you. Well, and it's not wrong to pray for people, and we should have a love for fellow men. But to be so enamored mm-hmm. with the figure that the Protestants saw as representing the worst problems of faith that they had to escape, that's really historic. Mm-hmm. It's historic. There's no question. All right. Well, this is an ongoing story. It may be the beginning of something, and we will keep an eye on it. Lincoln Steed is on the job. Liberty Magazine is on the job. As always, we invite you to the website, libertymagazine.org, for more on this and other topics, libertymagazine.org. You can also subscribe to the magazine. We need to be diligent. I like what you said there, that doctrine doesn't save anybody, but you can lose your soul over the wrong doctrines. Very well Absolutely. put. Very well put. Okay, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today.